It's your daily sports dump. And I'm your host, Joe Canale. Yeah, that's right, folks. Sorry to say once again, it is me, your host, Joe Canale. But I'm not alone today. I'm joined with another Joe with a similar sounding name, Joe Kilgallen. Hey, uh, what's up? <laughs> exactly. See, my co-host, who I usually have, does not know to, to at that point, say hi. You, you picked it up. I don't know if he does it on purpose, but I have to prompt him three or four times usually to, uh, to say hi. He's not here today, so he won't be chiming in, but you wouldn't know the difference if he was. I used to have that with a co-host where I would say it was the first podcast I ever did. It was called Naked Sports Live. It was myself and fellow comedian Megan Gailey. And oh, she- yes, Megan Gailey. I know her. I actually was trying to get her on this podcast. Hilarious. Uh, Go uh, ahead. Yeah, no, she's great, but she, a great friend of mine. She was an usher in my wedding. I had a small part in her wedding, a great person, but she was always just so delayed. I would be like, I'm Joe Kilgallen, and then I would pause, and she'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm Megan Gailey. It was just never on time. Yeah. Never. And we did 200 episodes like that. Oh, my God, that's hilarious. Well, if I do get her on this show, I will, I will mention that. Yeah, my, my, my usual co-host, Nooch, I mean, he's named Nooch. So, ultimately, I don't really have to tell you much more than that. He, fil- he fulfills the promise of somebody named Nooch and more. But that's for later. He's our basketball guy. And I try to give everyone who comes on the show some kind of insider title. So I don't think I have a contemporary baseball insider. My brother is our baseball historian. He doesn't like seasons until they're 20 years past. <laughs> so he'll, he'll really be diving into this season in 2040. But uh, you, I believe, follow baseball as it happens. Is that correct? That is correct. I am- All right religious i practice baseball every day i noticed that uh because i see your your cub update so you will be our contemporary baseball insider joe kilgallen great excellent i had a guy yesterday on who wanted to be the bears quarterback insider and i was like you don't want to be that you just don't want that to be your historical insider name yeah Uh, task yeah, and we were also talking about, I mentioned this anytime the Bears come up, that Eric Kramer is the statistically best quarterback in their history. That really is sad, isn't it? It is, although those, he had one or two very good seasons for them, I have to say. I remember that was when I first moved to Chicago, I think. And uh, people didn't like him, though. Well, I mean, I remember the Eric Kramer years, and you're right, he, did, he was much better than people gave him credit for. I just feel like at that time, that was maybe mid nineties. I want to say, yep, yep. Was, yeah, that was when Favre was at his peak. Mm-hmm. That guy who was in Wrangler jeans selling, uh, you know, jeans, Ford trucks and whatever other commercials he did. <laughs> and then you had Eric Kramer who looked like, uh, every stepdad you've ever seen. Yeah, you're right. He was vanilla to the max. Definitely. That's true. And, and, and Chicago act for whatever else you'll say, their quarterbacks, tend to have I mean there there tends to be something with their quarterbacks like they'll give them a nickname even if they're like not a dynamic guy obviously McMahon was incredible Cutler had personality it wasn't nice it was that you know cigarette hanging down Cutler but as I think about 
Bears fans do like to give their quarterbacks, whether it's neck beard or, or sexy Rexy, some kind of like extra personality. That probably comes from McMahon. Jim McMahon definitely started that. I mean, Jim McMahon has some of the coolest posters in history. Yes, I do remember that. And he wore headbands, which was super cool. It was. He had the sunglasses. He just had this like attitude about him, which is so funny from a guy from a Mormon university. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But he just he embodied that like mid to late 80s, um, you know, Amer- like that type of, you know, America in the Reagan second term. Yes. Had- Cocky, arrogant, unapologetic. Yeah. The wall came down. We're going to kick your ass. That That's type- right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take your girlfriend home with me. He, he definitely embodied that. And, that's, uh, ba- that's back when we thought we won the Cold War. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Rocky Four and Jim McMahon helped us beat the Russians. And also, like America during um, the late 80s, totally overrated. So- yeah, true. <laughs> it's true. He got hurt, though. He did. No, McMahon was a good quarterback, and he fit the system well. And the fact that the Bears were – one of the most dominant defense of all time. You didn't need some gun gunslinger up there. It was True. A, it was a running era too. There was every now and then. I remember when Jay Cutler like became the Bears all time. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. I was like, well, it's because we passed so much more in this era. I can't really compare. Yeah, he played like five years for the Bears and had all those records, and it's like what? But nobody yeah. was thrown for forty five hundred yards a season. No, it was just uh, the whole game was run the ball, run the ball. And I prefer passing games, so I'm glad things are shifting. But every now and then I'll – well, I won't find myself at any bars this year, but I remember watching yeah. Bears games at bars, and there's always some meathead who's in their 50s who's like, oh, you got to run the ball, you control the ball, and that's the way it goes. I'm like – and you lose because nobody does it that way anymore. It's ineffective at scoring. Everyone knows you throw eight in the box, and if your quarterback can't scramble or throw on the run or throw in the pocket, you're done. And that's kind of what the Bears – have failed at for so long you rem- that you're reminding me i'm a nebraska fan and they sell many t-shirts that say run the damn ball still well they like, run the option forever too well yeah and they won titles that way and and yeah they ran over people but their their offense is i don't want to get into too much nebraska stuff but they're caught up to the modern football but their fans are definitely not and actually i'm on a like a the rivals nebraska board and I don't think I'm ever going to renew it after this year of just seeing the stuff that people put up there. Like Nebraska fans have always been known to be very polite and everything, but that's because they have no interactions with minorities other than watching them on the football field. Because <laughs> I look at these message boards about stuff and, you know, politics creeps in and I'm just like, oh my God, oh my God, it's, it's crazy. Well, the funny thing about that too, and I feel like it's a big message board thing now also, it's not funny. I keep saying the funny thing about that when I read yeah. the interesting thing about that. Yes. So the same people who will say, you know, shut up and dribble or just stick to sports. I'm sick of sports and politics. They're the first ones to bring politics into sports. They just mean don't talk about politics that aren't my politics. Yes. Don't bring your politics into this. And, and, and I'm a very argumentative guy. Gotten I, kicked out of many fantasy football leagues, softball leagues, this and that. But I, I, I still think the other side is starting the arguments more. Definitely. I think yeah. so. Um, yeah, and, and I, I unfortunately am not mature enough always to ignore, which is a big problem for me. But hopefully we will be through that soon. All right, now to the point that we were supposed to talk about, which is baseball. 
since you are our contemporary baseball insider. And let's talk a second, first of all, for the Cubs, because you give a Cubs update on Twitter every night. You're a fan. And uh, I follow them because I have them in the, uh, an all-sports fantasy league I'm in, <clears throat> where you have, you know, uh, franchises from all these different sports. And I've been trying to trade the Cubs for the Yankees for a while, which would have been a good trade until this year. It would have seemed like a great trade to get the Yankees. But somehow the Cubs are doing this. How is it happening? How are the Cubs playing well, I guess, this year? Super um, well. Not well. I could see them being a couple games over 500, but they're, they're what I thought the Yankees would be this year. Well, the Yankees have had some injuries, but the Cubs were uh, – look, they had that great start with their 13-3, and three, and then I think since then they're like 13-16 and 16 or something. So they're playing uh, – they're, It's being a little – yeah, that was a good start. Yeah, since they had an amazing start. But I definitely think – they're a very talented team. Last year, they only won 84 games. But if you're a real baseball nerd, there's a thing called like the Pythagorean something or other. Yep, yep. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. It's because it's, a, it's, a, it's run differential mostly. Yes, and it's not 100% accurate, but it's a pretty fair indication of how much better you should have been or how much worse you should have been. Because some teams outplay that theory. Some teams are un underdo it or whatever. Sure, I think that, that speaks to management. Yes. Uh, and, and, and how that, how that Pythagorean wins versus your regular wins go. And last year was Ross's first, or is this his first? This is his first year. Last year was Madden. They should have won 90 games last year. Also, people forget, Javier Baez missed pretty much the whole last month. He also hasn't played worth a damn this year. Yeah, hitting 200. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him. I do, I do find it interesting, though. I've gotten upset with my fellow Cubs fans because, again, they're a first-place team. They're three games up on, on the Cardinals were in second. And yet Cubs fans on Twitter act like this is the 2006 Cubs on their way to losing 97 games. Yeah. It's really a weird thing. Since the World Series, I feel like, and I know it's a small percentage because we have to remind ourselves, Twitter is always a minority opinion. They're just really loud if you're on Twitter a lot. If you no, that is true. Yeah, I read something like 79% of Americans don't have a Twitter account. So that means 20 <laughs> We're just driving each other insane. Yes. And it's like 10% on of that 20%. Yes. Yeah. I think I said, I said something like the top 10% of, of Twitter accounts or 10% of Twitter accounts um, account for 50% of all tweets or something. It's, kinda, like it's like the wealth gap in, in the United States. I, when I read it, I thought the same thing. So the Cubs, um, yeah, they have a lot of talent there. But I was going to say with Baez, I realized both Baez and Chris Bryant are two guys who are well both free agents at the end of next season who everyone's expecting to get big big money but they're both playing horrifically this year after being all-stars last year both players have had to deal with and I, I don't mean deal with like in a you know a misogynist way but they had to deal with pregnant wives during a global pandemic right um, well, I that's know. I mean I mean that yeah I think I think having a child come into this world at this time we were talking before we went on the air we both have kids and, and yours are younger than mine and and yeah everybody's thinking about it so yeah i can imagine having bringing one in would be pretty pretty frightening yeah chris's son i think I believe it was a son was born like in may javi has a like a maybe a one-year-old already and then his wife's currently pregnant i don't think they've had the second kid yet mm. so thinking you know stuff affects you when you're turning on the news every day and it's just a lot of horrific stuff's going on and um, your normal way of life is completely upside down. 
and you've got a kid and you're thinking about their future. Meanwhile, you don't have a contract after the next season. Mm-hmm. I think in this year thinking it's a short season i have to really pass because it's only 60 games if i get off to a bad start that could really mess me up and this is the year i either want to extend with the cubs which i think they both definitely want to extend with the cubs uh i mean why wouldn't they they love playing here they got Uh, a title there absolutely they got a title they got legendary status they could everywhere they go they get taken care of i'm sure um so and you know they're struggling a little bit and the cubs organization as a whole which i'm not really very proud of i think the front office is brilliant I think the owners are, yeah. Mistakes. Yeah, I mean, massive mistakes, regardless of the politics, which I'm not really a fan of. Although Laura Ricketts, people always love to bash the Cubs because like two of the brothers are big Trump, like they work when Trump's mm-hmm. once the governor of Nebraska, as you would know, being Nebraska. Yep. Uh, Laura Ricketts, though, was Hillary's biggest donor or like second biggest donor. And no one ever mentions that. Not that it's, it matters. I just think their mistakes have been uh, the network wasn't launched correctly. Mm-hmm. They had the whole problems with Comcast. So half the city couldn't even see it at first. The Dodgers had that out here too, which was ridiculous. Like the last two years of Vin Scully calling games, most of Los Angeles couldn't watch it. I know that was sad. When I first moved to LA, I had, I got Turner cable because I was like, Oh, that's the big one. Right. Oh, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. It's for price. It's not great. It drops. There's problems with the left and right. So then I remember switching to like sling or something like that. And then not being able to watch Dodger games. Yeah being like kind of bummed by that, even though I'm not a Dodgers fan, but it's, it's nice to have like Vin Scully and a baseball game on when there's absolutely. And of all the voices to have same thing that I I actually liked uh, Chip Carey's voice Uh, when, when I was watching uh, Cubs games, same thing, not a big Cub fan, but I live in Chicago. The games are on during the day. And to me, maybe I got used to it, but he had that very announcery voice. Now Vin Scully has an iconic, Nobody like his voice, but there is something about the kind of in the same way that a golf announcer in golf is a soothing thing to a certain personality. I agree. I agree. Vince Scully definitely has that one of those things where you could just listen to him talk for hours and he, he sets the situation brilliantly without coming off as any kind of you just believe he's genuine. I believe everything. Totally. Yes, I believe him. And Chip Carey, you make a good point. He had that a little bit opposite of Vin in the sense that I love Chip Carey for big calls, mm. but, the, you know, the minutia of a baseball game, I didn't really care for him that much for. Okay, yeah. But he had a great voice, though. Don't get me wrong. But That's he, it. The, yeah, if you're not really listening to the content that much, he, he fits that kind of template of a baseball voice. Definitely perfect back. Now, Harry – Harry was not somebody who you could ignore just in the background of a, of a Cubs game. Uh, I think I got two or three years of Harry Carey games. When did he die? 97, 96? Yeah, early 98, but 97. Was oh, 90, okay. The last one he called. Uh, so I was able to hear some of those games, and those were fun uh, in a different way. My favorite Harry Carey moment was in 1992 when I was seven, but my dad was laughing so hard that it'll always stick with me. Andre Dawson in his final season as a Cub, I believe he was on first base. Someone hit a ball to the right center field gap. He's rounding second. I think the right fielder bobbled it. And Harry Carey says, now rounding third is Andrew Jackson. (laughs) Andre Dawson, Andrew Jackson. And I remember thinking, oh, that's very odd that I believe the eighth president or ninth president of the United States. Yes. A number. 
Uh, Actually, the uh, now the second worst president in United States history, according to many people. Yes. Yeah. I mean, well, there's there was Andrew Jackson and there was Andrew Johnson. I know Johnson was impeached. Yep. Really, really hate that guy. Jackson was responsible for most of the Indian massacre. It's the Trail of Tears. Old yeah. was his nickname. That's right. That's right. He was a real Indian warrior uh, against them, so to speak. Broke a lot. I actually am reading the People's History of the United States right now, and I just read that chapter. He he was the King Treaty Breaker. Yes. So so Great, yeah. By the way, Howard Zinn. Um, <laughs> I want yes, to this. read it like 15 years ago, and remember. I remember the parts that I could say loudly at parties to make myself feel smart, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's true. But it it doesn't make you feel great as a white guy historically, which we already knew. But it really lays it out. Yeah, but I, I here's 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 something that I guess we don't need to feel good right now, white people. But if you're a white guy thinking, yeah, it's a bummer right now. Just no, I don't think it's race related. I was reading another book about I can't remember the thing. It was a deeper thing about society and violence mm -hmm. sort of thing um do you know who invented violence the mm -hmm. second person ever invented <laughs> as soon as there was two people there was fighting it's true basically the way it goes and it's not really you know um but yeah obviously white americans have a really ugly history and we should own up to that and try to uh move yeah forward. it doesn't mean it doesn't mean you and i did anything if we acknowledge it that's the thing i never get it's like i can acknowledge they did I'm not doing it right now, so I feel like that, that separates me from them in that way. I acknowledge it's the American government. I mean, my family yeah. didn't here until 1950s on one side and like the 20s on another side, so, you know. Well, and the ones who came over on the 20s, they, I am sure, the Irish didn't get a very warm greeting when they came to America. No. Uh, as someone who has Italian and Irish blood, I know that, you know, that's like a West Side Story thing. There you go. <laughs> but here, I'm sorry. I'll focus back on the Cubs. I, yes, I, yes. Cubs would be better going into this year. As good as Joe, I look, Joe Madden is a great manager for a young team. That's mm. why he did so well in Tampa. But once those players mature and become veterans, players kind of expect, hey, am I, where am I batting today? What position am I playing today? Yes, I agree. He's a rah-rah guy, kind of like a college football coach might be, where his personality – can overcome some of his technical flaws. Didn't mean to interrupt, but. No, 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 for sure. I, I, I do it all the time on my podcast. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Um, I 100% agree with you on that. What he is, is like, yeah, he's a cheerleader. He takes pressure off of young teams because he becomes a personality. But I saw it the last two, two and a half years where there was a stubbornness about him. And I feel like his message was falling on deaf ears. And there's a few players here or there where I'm like, you know what? I think they'll be better off without Madden. Mm -hmm. Ian Happ is MVP season because David Ross said early on, you're my everyday center fielder. And we had players who weren't really getting those amount of at-bats when they were coming up. And it's different when you're – well, they were, they're competing this year too. Obviously, the goal was to win the division this year. But what I'm saying is I think a lot of fans have to understand when your team is a perennial contender, you don't really have time – for young players to come up. Eloy, right. I think, is going to be a guy who hits 40 home runs a year. He's going to do great things for the White Sox. I don't think Eloy Jimenez ever had a real path for the Cubs. Obviously, there's a DH this year, but he's clearly a DH. The Sox will eventually start DHing him. Yeah. Better, to be honest. 
uh, probably starting next year full time because he's too good to risk him injuring himself in the outfield the way he has been. But Eloy was the guy where the last three years, I mean, he made his debut last year at the White Sox. I don't know where he would have played for us. We've got the very expensive Jason Hayward. Yeah. Bat is still better than Eloy's now. I mean, he had more home runs and all that last year. So you weren't going to just push out Shorver for Eloy. Eloy definitely can't play center field. No. If we weren't going to trade him to the White Sox, we were going to trade him to someone else eventually. And that's just the way it goes. Like Jorge Soler had a 48 home run year last year, but the Cubs didn't have time to wait on him to develop. Because the Cubs have so many right-handed bats anyway. That's why actually uh, Schwarber is important for them more so is Eloy's right-handed isn't he yes Eloy's right-handed yes. and so I think that plays into a lot of it with the Cubs too is you, their big studs uh are right oh Rizzo's lefty we have Rizzo and Schwarber but you still want that balance Hayward doesn't really have a ton of pop no he's out there to, to for the field yeah I mean it seems like all the mega teams now have at least four power hitters and to have righty lefty righty especially in the new rule with baseball uh, everyone is that whole three batter minimum relievers come in they have to face at least three batters yep. if you're righty lefty righty that really gives you an advantage so some teams that lean too far right or too far left I think that kind of hurts them um, big pitcher late in games that's a good point about uh, with the new rule on relievers staggering your lineup that way can can be effective late in games then you don't have to pinch hit and that that I just want to say one more thing about Madden I feel like he out-clevered himself with all the multi-positional stuff that he did and everything. He talks about how he likes the National League way of managing. And I think there are managers who sometimes get like that where they want to be involved in the game and they almost end up over-coaching just to make moves. Now, I could point to the way he handled that last game uh, of the World Series (laughs) as a microcosm of a little bit of overmanaging, but that's what my thought on him was. And maybe that's where the veterans get a little kind of pissed off. They're like, let's not play these games. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I definitely think they get, they get pissed off to that. Because, like, you know, he used to Madden famously would do like the petting zoo stuff and let's dress up funny on road trips, which I mm-hmm. feel, still think was a cool thing, but I definitely think there's something about when you're a player to 23, 24, and you're just happy to contribute Mm-hmm. it's different than when you're 27 and you're like, Hey, I'm hitting free agency in two years Yep. to think about life after baseball. So I need this. This is going to be my one chance because every baseball player, essentially you get one chance to truly cash in Yep. a big multi-year deal. Cause they, they own you till you're usually 25, 26. I mean, 25, 26 is, I mean, it's later than that really. Yeah. Yeah. Because of the way they can option and, and, and arbitrate you and everything. Yeah, it's closer to about 30 these days. So if you have it where, like I was saying, you know, a lot of these guys were 24, 25 when they won the World Series in 2016. The Cubs yeah. almost won earlier than projected. Yes, they did. It made it harder to extend them. So when everyone was given, I think the Mets did it with some of their pitchers, and the White Sox have definitely done it with their hitters. Yeah. With guys like Eloy and the Louis Robert deal, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. They extended these guys before, like, I think, before they both made their major league debut, like in spring training of these, you know, that's what you're seeing a lot more these discount long-term deals, but the Cubs couldn't do that with their guys because it's, if you're an athlete and you already won a world series and already established yourself somewhat, you're not going to give that big discount out the same way you would 
before you start your before your uh, career really gets going. Especially if you're in Chicago, where now you're already in a big media market, you're probably already getting endorsements, and and so yeah, it is different than like if you're in Tampa or whatever, where it's like eh, you know, I think being in Chicago, and rightfully so, makes an athlete more valuable. Definitely, it's in one of the major markets. I mean, Chris Bryant does Adidas commercials, and he was all over express men's clothing, billboards downtown at one point. Javi Baez is in Toyota and also some local lawyer I see him in commercials for. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo does Bona Beef. Anthony Rizzo does uh, Chevy uh, trucks yeah. now um, locally. So, I, yeah, these guys are definitely in commercials. Uh, Schwarber, I don't know if I've – no, yeah, he was doing um, – he was in New Era. He was doing New Era. He was part of the New Era team or something like that. Or, yeah. Like, like and- a, Hat, hat store lids and those guys all have personality i mean how is javi's does javi speak english pretty well i haven't seen him do interviews he actually i think graduated high school in america oh he did i'm so, i did not know that I, I don't mean to make that assumption see i'm glad that you you got me on that because because i was going to say i haven't seen him do many interviews and yet <laughs> this is like his slap tags give him more personality than 90% of baseball players. I know. He's so charismatic. A lot On the of, field, he's the most exciting player to watch. He runs the bases incredibly well. He slides cool. He, the slap tags, I've never heard anyone be described for their unique tagging ability, ability until he came around. It's so true. And you can see how he does it. I, I, I actually thought of him the other day. In a, I was watching a Yankee game, and a guy took the tag from the catcher, and his glove went up to catch it. And he missed the tag. And I thought that's where Baez comes in and takes the tag from the top, catches the ball the opposite of the way most guys do it so that he can slap the tag. That's, that's hard to do. Well, the reason they say he said in an interview why he's such an amazing uh, tagger is because he's naturally uh, left-handed. Left-handed, right, yeah. Right-handed. He had a game last year where they were, I think, up by so much that he said, out of the hell with then he went up and batted left-handed and, um, and had a great-looking swing. And I guess yeah. he'll switch sides and hit lefty all the time, but he prefers righty. So when he ta- – like, the, the, his left hand is his dominant hand, and that's what he's tagging with, which is really insane because he's got a rock of an arm right-handed. Uh, yeah. Athletes as a whole are absolute freaks of nature. They are. Most of them are more ambidextrous than the average person. I'm kind of ambidextrous, and I made a very late discovery, which made me angry. When I was playing softball in Chicago, I, again, screwing around hitting lefty, and I'm just about as good lefty as righty, but I've been hitting righty my whole life, which makes me very mad that I spent my little league years not batting left-handed because my father is right-handed and bats lefty, and I don't know what the hell he was doing. I'm not saying I would have been a major leaguer. I'm just saying I might have made the high school team. I don't think he liked you very much. <laughs> a therapist about because he, he's a psychologist. That's the funny thing. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, I don't know. He messed up there. He did. He was a lefty. Oh, God almighty. Well, whatever. Total waste. Uh, a total waste. Total waste. All right. Well. We've gotten good, nice, in-depth Cubs stuff. Now, let's uh, just get into – is there anything that you are doing, working on currently, uh, pushing, that you would like to mention to our, our crowd here? I push my YouTube channel hard because I upload a lot of videos to it, maybe three or four podcast clips a week. I also have probably close to three hours' worth of stand-up comedy clips on there. On, so- that, on that YouTube. So what is that channel? 
It's youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. J-O Kilgallen? Yeah, J-O-E-K-I-L-G-A-L-L-O-N. There Joe, it is. It's youtube.com slash Joe Kilgallen. And the podcast stuff that you put up there is from, what is your podcast? The podcast is uh, the Joe Kilgallen podcast, a.k.a. Kilgallen's Pub. I, had, I was calling it Kilgallen's Pub for a while, but I changed it to the Joe Kilgallen podcast just to make the uh, search a little bit easier for people. Yeah, although I do like Kilgallen's Pub because it, it, it fits, but then it's so weird with searches and all those different like algorithms that you try to figure out because then you probably get people who are looking for a pub finding your thing and they're like this isn't about drinking yeah exactly it's there's so many things i think sometimes we put too much into a name yeah um, the podcast was drink the idea was i'll have beers with people and we'll talk about what we talk about in a pub slash bar whatever silly conversations you have there some yeah political some are sports some are about you know just the smelliest fart you ever had you know, just dumb random sure talk about so that's where it was but i wasn't like talking about you know my favorite craft beers. No. Yeah. It's the best hops and barley. I don't really give a shit about that kind of drinking. Um, I just like the atmosphere of a bar and I wanted to recreate that for a podcast. So it's still the same podcast. I still do that now. I just call it the Joe Kilgallen podcast for just the simple sake of uh, the people who like my standup on YouTube. Sure. More inclined to check that out. Yeah. Put up a standup clip on YouTube and it would do great. And then I put up a podcast clip and we get nothing. And I'm like, why, why are the people who are watching this one, not watching this one? Oh, interesting. You may have taught me something. I think maybe they didn't know what it was. And right. Right. You know, and then it's just, yeah. And you're right. They, they, that's funny because in a way it's a more specific and tells a story in the name. But then if you just go with the generic, your name, you're going to get them in there because they're like, well, it's him. So I'll figure out what it is when he tells me as opposed to trying to tell them with the title of your thing. Like, no, no, this is, no, I want to hear it from him. Yeah, just make it simple, I guess. Yeah. But sports, All right. Yeah, I mean, Sports Dump, I actually, I think I may have doubled my listenership a couple of days ago because I've I been doing this auction for draft for years for my buddy Ike. You did a commercial with him in Chicago. Oh, yeah, very nice guy. I yes. Mean, I talk a whole lot, but um, very good dude. He is a great guy and he's been doing this league for years. Uh, I've got, I've, I was his like fantasy football kind of in the, in the background guy, but I came too much in the foreground and got people in his leagues mad at him. And he was like, you can't, you can't post under my name in this league. <laughs> oh. So, so I don't do that with him anymore, but I still run this auction for these guys. And usually we do it at a bar. They give me some drinks. They buy me dinner, but we're doing it on, on, on zoom so i said well you guys have to subscribe to the podcast so i think i may be like you know doubling my podcast listenership just from that so this will be one of the first episodes they listen to well i hope they like it i i hope they do too the one thing i did is i i i'm you know you're a wise ass you're a, a comedian and you're a chicago guy and these are all chicago guys and i'm such a shit talker i have like shit talk stuff for each sport and i know if you want to make a bears fan mad you just say we all know the 86 Giants defense was better than the 85 Giants, the 85 Bears defense. And it's so full of shit, but it just gets them mad because they're like, what? You may not be mad at it, but these guys were like, are you kidding me? I'm mad that you chose the Giants. I thought you'd say like the 2000 Ravens or something like that because. Oh, well, they beat the Giants, so I don't want to say them. I gotcha. All right. Well, yeah. 
I like it. Your response was better than theirs. You just blew me off. That's the way to do it. Uh, you're like, no, no way at all. I also told them that Harry Car- uh, that uh, Mike Singletary is a poor man's Harry Carson, which I even I couldn't really deliver that without chuckling a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> Hard to keep a straight face on that one. It is. But f- before we, le- we, f- we wrap up here, I just want to quickly mention one thing. I don't know if I can go in the whole story, but the first time that I met you was through our mutual friend, Gareth Reynolds, because you were selling a ping pong table. That's right. I had gotten a, I stupidly couldn't fit it, obviously, in the apartment, all this kind of stuff. And, uh, a beautiful ping pong table. Top of the line, my friend, you know, and um, you, great, uh, helped me out by buying it. And uh, yeah, it was a, it was like a $500 ping pong table very in the, in the box. You bought it for your apartment. <laughs> That's funny to me. Yeah, well, it was my, um, I was, I measured wrong anyway, though, but funny, <laughs> feeling so bad, even though at that point it was out of my hands, I suppose, yeah. but it made me feel bad. Cause I'm like, oh man, I hate when something like this happens. Uh, that's why yeah. I sell to strangers. If I ever had to sell anything, I'd sell to a Yeah, stranger. that's true. Because you, you, I kept you abreast on the story and I don't know, I'm, I'm sure I mentioned it in the past on this podcast, but you sold this really lovely, I think 150 bucks. So I got it like a third of the price in the box, package it and everything, deluxe ping pong table to give to my brother. He did not want it. His wife told me that. There we go. Oh, okay. I, 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 maybe yeah. I probably gave you the bad version of the, uh, the, my side of the story. I thought you said that like your brother wanted it, but then his wife was like, hell no. That is yeah, not- well, it was kind of that. It was like he wanted it at first, but then she's like, no, we're not going to have it. I, I superseded her. Yeah, you're, you're about right. And then that caused like a five-month no-talking rift between my brother and I. Oh, what a bummer. You know, if my last place in L.A., I, <laughs> I lived in L.A. from 2014 to 2017. The last year and a half, I lived in a place in Burbank where I had my own, like, fenced-in yard. Oh, my God. I missed that place all the time. I mean, a house in Chicago was nice, but that place in Burbank was great. Um, and I remember thinking when we moved in there, you know, if I still had the ping pong table, I could have easily set it up with, with room to spare. And it would have been a nice little, I could have <laughs> It sat in my buddy's garage for another six months until his wife <laughs> made him sell it because I had nowhere to put it. it oh, it was a, I, I have to get all the details down on the story. That would probably be a good like 10 minute stand up bit type thing if I could get all the details on it down because it was hilarious because then I had to take it away. And then he thought that someone had just taken it like, you know, the guys you drive by and get your garbage. And I had this whole plan. I was going to give it back to him at some point. But then I was leaving. Oh, what a nightmare. Anyway, it all worked out in the end somehow in that I'm still talking to my brother and I got you on this podcast. So that's good enough. Well, dude, thanks for having me, man. I had a great time talking to you. Uh, let me know. I'd love to do it again sometime in the future. Absolutely. Well, if the Cubs, and that's the thing, it's two weeks till the playoffs. Jesus Christ. If the Cubs are, you know, making a, a big run amongst the 28 teams that are making the playoffs maybe we'll have you come back and uh give us a little playoff world series preview if it if it hopefully happens that way for them oh yeah i'm down all right man thanks Thanks a lot joe bye